in a constantly evolving digital marketplace, the need to stand out and to communicate effectively has never been higher. Um, you're not going to achieve the results that you want by relying on email exclusively or by making cold calls exclusively. You need to update your strategy to come in to the 2020s, which is going to be very heavily reliant on images as well as videos to help you not only stand out from the all the other vendors who are trying to garner the your prospects attention but it's going to help you communicate your value much more effectively and it's going to lead to better more organic conversations good morning good evening good afternoon wherever you are and wherever you're watching from my name is matt pierce host of the visual lounge where we talk about using images and videos in the workplace. Today, we're gonna to be talking about something I really don't know a lot about, and that's selling things. I'm not a salesperson, I've never been a salesperson. However, I know some really great people who do know about sales, and one of them's here to talk to us about how you can use images and video, not only in the selling process and that whole relationship building and all closing the deals, all that great stuff, but also internally with teams to make them more effective, and more efficient. So let's go ahead and dive into today's guest. Peyton Tyler is a seasoned sales professional with over 18 years of experience. Peyton has established himself as an expert in solution selling and is known for his commitment to transparency in his interaction with clients. Throughout his career, Peyton has honed his skill in understanding client needs and providing tailored solutions. He takes a proactive approach to sales, diligently identifying challenges and offering comprehensive solutions that address those specific topics. His ability to build strong relationships with clients has been instrumental in his success, allowing him to establish long-term partnerships based on trust and mutual growth. With an unwavering focus on transparency, Peyton believes in open communication and clear expectations with clients. He ensures that all parties involved have a deep understanding of the products or services being offered, pricing structures, and the value they can expect to receive. This approach has earned him a reputation for honesty and integrity within the industry. Beyond his professional achievements, Peyton is an avid learner who continuously seeks to enhance his knowledge and skills. He stays up to date with the latest trends and innovation in sales and business development, enabling him to deliver cutting edge solutions to his clients. And with that said, please help me welcome Peyton Tyler to the Visual Lounge. Hey, Peyton. Hello, Matt. Thank you for having me. You bet. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's let's go ahead. We're going to dive right in. We just said a whole bunch of stuff about you. So Peyton, where I would like to start is kind of where we always start with our guests is how did you get involved with and start in sales? Uh, we'll use that as a background setter for us. Uh, yeah, happy to elaborate a little bit on that. My background has always been in education. It's what I went to school for uh, originally. And during undergrad, I was also working a, in a part-time sales uh, capacity to help pay the bills and, and pay the tuition and, and get me through school. And from there, I just kind of fell into it uh, as what I thought was going to be a, a temporary role uh, on the the path to finding a, a teaching position inside of Michigan. But uh, the more I did it, the more I fell in love with it. And I realized that the connection between uh, sales and sales leadership and education are, are very closely linked. Um, and from there, I just made the commitment that this was something I wanted to do with my uh, career and keep this in the foreground for me for my uh, for the years to come. Yeah, well, I, I love that you've made that connection because we talk a lot about education on, on this show uh, because I think there's a lot of people who are instructional designers creating training, but there's also that component of the sales leadership, sales education that happens. Uh, I, I've got to imagine that sales is one of those areas that people 
don't necessarily say, I want to be a salesperson, but they often fall into it. Do you find that to be true? Um, that would have been true up until recently. It, it was more of one of those things that, uh, that people would establish saying like anyone can do sales. Like anyone can go talk to people. Anyone can just be that person that goes up and brings up product ideas and says how much it costs and like off to the next customer and things to that effect. Uh, recently though, um, a lot of uh, colleges and universities have been developing programs specifically for people who want to make sales their career. Michigan State uh, University, you know, our backyard has a great program around entrepreneurship and then uh, how that becomes a full-time career and making sales a priority in your life. People my age, I would say that's probably more true than not. But nowadays, it seems that the understanding of the market and the need for sales professionals to be there is being understood and being received at the collegiate level. Oh, that's awesome. That's, I mean, I, I and I got to imagine, okay, so it would have been, if that's true, most people kind of fell into sales. Of course, now there's all this great education happening. That success for sales used to be always measured by the dollars coming in. And while we can't discount that, right? Sales matter, money matters, right? We got to keep your business going, got to keep think people paid. But how do you define success for, for sales folks today? Is it just all about true transactional numbers or is there more to it than that? Um, it's more weighted than that, uh, than what I was used to, um, say, early on in my career. Um, sales is one of those things where you're always able to, to measure, you know, quote unquote success just by what you sold yesterday versus what you sold today and the, the delta between those two things. I would argue, though, that success in sales is not so much just what you're able to produce. Um, it's the impression you're able to leave with your prospects and your, your customers. I would say the most successful salespeople that I've worked with as of late are the ones that leave their prospects, their customers, their partners, the least mystified at the end of the conversation, whether that's yes to a sale or no to a sale. The, the optimal outcome is based on that you and your customer are on the same page and no one had a, a misinterpretation of the value proposition that you were putting in front of them, as well as anything else that uh, goes along with solution selling, that you both understood the what the pain that the customer was presenting, the prospect was presenting, and you were both looking to resolve that through your solution set that you're able to provide. Or in the case that the pain that the prospect has is not able to be resolved by a uh, solution that you're able to provide, it's acknowledging that as well. Getting to a yes quickly or a no quickly is virtually the same in my book. Things that you're trying to maintain is your presence, your ability um, to communicate effectively with your prospects and then your credibility as well. Well, I, I think there's a lot in common with like, just like, even I think about as an instructional designer background, right? Like, you know, helping someone to get to the thing that they need to do. And it's probably very similar in this case, right? It's not all about just uh, a transaction. Uh, so, so I'm curious with that, you mentioned communication as well. Before we jump into kind of the meat of our topic though, what's one tip you'd give our audience about using images or video effectively, particularly for sales? Um, door knocking used to be the most common ways of interacting with a, a salesperson. Uh, someone would come up to your home at a, a peak hour, knock on your door, and hopefully they would get a conversation out of you. That's more or less transitioned to a digital format now, um, and the velocity is so much higher uh, than, what it, than what it used to be in terms of prospects getting vendors, partners, asking them for their for their time to, to give them a, a sales pitch or talk about their value, talk about their product, et cetera, et cetera. If you're someone in that position where you're getting dozens, if not hundreds of emails, calls per day trying to grab your attention, 99.9% .9 of the, the content that goes out there is 
all text. And that's not going to help you stand out when you're one of 10,000 people trying to get the, the interest of the same individual. Pattern interrupts such as using visuals or communicating your value add through video is going to help you stand out from that crowd and put you in a much smaller uh, bucket in terms of like who that prospect or who that customer would be looking to engage with. It's not so much about your value proposition right off the bat. It's it's how you stand out to that individual who gets more or less the same type of engagement via text hundreds, if not thousands times per year. So, so what I'm hearing is you just made your job a little harder because now all of the listeners who are doing sales listening to this show are going to start doing that and, you know, more pattern interrupts, right? <laughs> I, you know what? I would, I would love to see that because I know this company that provides technology to make that happen. Nicely played, nicely played. <laughs> so, so Peyton, I'm curious about this. So let's, let's dive in talking about using images. You know, we, we have, um, you obviously talked about as a company, we, we, have tools that do this. I'm curious, kind of on a base level, uh, in the job that you have, I know you're doing external kind of facing customer work. You're also working with the sales team, helping mentor and lead there on, on a day-to-day -day basis. What does your use of images or video look like kind of regularly? I know it probably changes day-to-day, -day, but on average. It, like most uh, people in the digital age, especially if you're part of a technology company, you're going to spend a lot of time in email and other formats uh, to communicate internally and externally. If you're anything like me, sending off a email that's going to be five or six paragraphs long, it's going to get like that TLDR uh, type of view where only like 10 to 15% actually gets absorbed and the other 85% just kind of gets lost and people are going to have to go back and revisit that information over and over and over again. The, the effect of like being able to communicate the same information through a series of visuals or a short 30 to 45 second video, there's no comparison there. Like the, the information is more easily absorbed. It's uh, better communicated. And while it may take a little bit more time in terms of like the production of uh, such content, it's actually going to save you more time long uh, over the long haul because you will not have as many people raising their hand asking questions about that uh, information that you just sent out. It's going to be more palatable. It's going to be easier to understand. And while you will still get some questions for sure, you won't get the same velocity had it been a complicated idea to explain via email versus like using the medium that's going to be the, the best to consume and the best to understand such as video or images. So Peyton, give me, give me a practical example here. Let's start with internal team, right? You're, you're talking to the team. You said the 30 to 45 second video, maybe what kind of information might you be putting out that would require, or you think would be worth the time, the effort put in to deliver that? That's a great question. Uh, in my role, uh, my role, excuse me, uh, we do a lot of new things in relation to standard operating processes or SOPs. And whenever we introduce a new one, rather than me type out, you know, like the 10 new steps that I would be asking the department to do, it's summed up so much faster and so much easier through a 30 to 45 second video just of the overview of like, our CRM, the new process that we're putting in place and how that's going to affect everyone's day to day um, workflow as a result. It's easy to revisit too. It's not just a one-time watch and you're done. It's something that the individual watching it doesn't necessarily need to tap their manager or their team lead on the shoulder saying, how does this work between steps one and two, for example. They're going to have that content in front of them that they can go be their own advocate and their own learner and learn at their own pace as well. I love that again, because kind of this education, nature, procedural. For Let's flip that a little bit though and go to external. You're talking to a customer, a client, a prospective person. Uh, what kind of information would you see using video for, for in those cases? 
So that depends on the the part of the process that you're in. Um, and for me, it really breaks into like three different arenas that you could that visuals or uh, video makes a, a significant play. Um, and that's in the introduction. Um, no one's going to be able to establish the value proposition of their solution um, effectively in a two paragraph email. No, no one's product is is that one dimensional that you say it does this, this, and this, hopefully this resonates with you. What you're looking to do is establish um, a reason that your prospect or customer should want to respond to you. Um, and that's the effect of uh, what we call internally as 30 second commercials saying, um, this is who I work with. This is what I do for those people in this arena. Um, and these are the problems that I solve with my solution set X, Y, or Z. If any of that resonates with you, we, maybe we should have a conversation. And if not, that's okay too, because again, getting to a fast yes or a fast no, it's really the name of the game here. Um, the other two arenas are like during the value proposition, as well as the fulfillment of the solution that you'd be working towards rather than go through. And I, I, I would imagine it's a fairly common question that someone asks, like, why should I buy your solution over competitor A? Uh, and things to that effect. Rather than go through and like, here's a side-by-side -side comparison of like all the things that my product does versus all the things that my competitor does, it's much easier just to, to slow down and say, let's have a, a quick conversation of like why you're asking about that. And then I can actually build a, um, a short demo reel about the solutions you want to see in your environment versus everything that my product can, can provide. Uh, so that's really the mid process of the sales part. You're establishing your value by showing what your product can do in relation to what your customer is looking to solve. And then in fulfillment, it's really helpful because again, you are able to, you're done more or less with the pre-sales content, you're moving into post-sale. And what does that look like for your customer? That could be a that could be a short video about deployment resources, uh, introducing the next person that's going to help with that customer, such as a customer success manager, uh, and anything uh, along those lines to add additional value in the post-sale environment. Okay, some great, great examples. Uh, you know, Payton, as I'm, you're going through all these examples and talking about the, the different pieces that you might be pulling together, I've got to imagine that, you know, maybe you you tend to be as someone as I think of pretty outgoing, pretty easy to connect with, you're, you're you know, engaging. I got to imagine there's some sales folks who are, tr that's true about them, but as soon as you say, I'm going to record this, or I'm going to turn on a camera, or I'm going to, you know, record your screen that there comes a tension there, that, that maybe they're they're apprehensive. And I know sometimes people are apprehensive, and I don't know if this is true in sales or not, but they're apprehensive of saying something, and then, gosh, if, if, if they didn't get it exactly perfectly right, they can't do it. It's, it's on tape, or as we used to say, that's an old way always have recorded. It's down and you're <laughs> stuck, right? Like, And so how, how do you help your team work through some of that, those feelings of apprehension or like, gosh, I don't like my own voice to be recorded because I don't like the, my own voice. So do you have anything that you, you've you done to help your team grow into that kind of feeling confident, confident in recording? Uh, yeah, this is what we, we, we refer to in the sales world as head trash, meaning we're basically creating reasons that we can't be successful before we've even tried. Uh, so identifying that head trash and like building ways around that or ways to push through that is really something that we've been working on as a sales organization for more or less, I think, like the last seven or eight years uh, since I've been with TechSmith. Um, this has been definitely one of those things where identifying like why you're creating those barriers in your head and creating reasons for you not wanting to do something and then figuring out like why are you throwing those roadblocks in front of yourself. And the best, the best way to do this is to push through that is just trial and error. 
you are 100% correct. There are going to be people that are uncomfortable uh, being on camera. They're going to be uncomfortable being recorded. But in a digital age, especially with a, a technology company, it's more or less your bread and butter uh, to establish your value and how to stand out from everyone else who's not using visuals to communicate. They're not using video. They're not, they're not putting themselves outside of their comfort zone. This is going to put you in a better position. It's going to help you resonate more with your prospects and your customers because you're doing things specifically for them. You're not using a templated uh, approach. You're not treating every customer the exact same with uh, gener generic filler language. You're doing things that are going to be specific to that customer in real time. The, the best way that I've really found to address that is to explain like what the real value here is of doing this in this style and how that's going to put you in the best position, the inside track, if you will, for success with all of your engagements. That's not to say that everyone you do a video with or have a correspondence like that will automatically say yes. It's just all about gaining those like percentage points to get you as close to a yes as fast as possible. Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I want I want to flip this question a little bit because as you're going through this like uh, I love and by the way, I love the term head trash. I think I got to remember that because that's uh I know that feeling, right? I got a lot of head trash about why I don't do something or start <laughs> something. That's that's a great thing to work through. I, I got to imagine as a leader though, right? That it's one thing to get your your staff, the people you're working with, your team, they're, you get them committed, you get them excited about doing this, get work through that head trash to get them to record. But on the other side, there's the protect the brand, protect the the, the company because granted, you know, obviously I think we're understanding people are going to, we want them to be natural. We want them to say things that are obviously accurate, but sometimes people do uh, maybe misrepresent or say things, or you have to worry about just the way it looks, right? From a branding perspective, I know that's maybe more of a marketing kind of thing, but you want it to know that people to know it's from TechSmith. They don't want to do anything that's maybe uh, going to throw that off. So how do you make sure with a team, multiple people that you're protecting that, yeah, this is what you're sending out. It fits with the message. It fits with the company. It fits with the brand. It does all those things that also need to be true as you're communicating with customers without it, of course, being overbearing or over kind of structured. Any thoughts? Um, yeah, that is uh, something I think that weighs very heavily on a lot of salespeople's minds in general. The it, What I think is really in the foreground here is that when am I talking too much versus when is my customer or my prospect not talking enough? Um, and that really depends on your sales strategy and your sales style um, that you go to business with. We've adopted the model that we want to use the 30-70 rule, where we're only talking 30% of the time, and we're asking the customer or prospect to talk the other 70% of the time. And we do that by using leading questions and probing questions that really get to the heart of the issue. Um, that can start off as simple as, like, why are you interested in this solution? And it be as complicated as, say, if you choose to do nothing, what does that pain look like inside of your environment? They're easy questions to ask, to ask, excuse me, mm -hmm. but the the answer can be intensely complicated. And that's what we're looking to understand here. The more we understand what our prospect or customer is looking to establish uh, and looking to be true at the end of the day by adding you know, this solution into their environment, the better we can position ourselves to be um, not so much a salesperson, but take on an advisor role. Uh, and be that person that they can go to and say, like, I'm trying to do something with visuals. I'm trying to do something with video. We've made a significant investment in your company. How can you help me further? What else, what other tools can you provide me here? And that's part of the post-sale process for sure. And then the understanding as well as saying, like, where is that line in the sand between, like, what I'm saying in terms of my value versus, like, what the customer is saying in terms of their need?
we've really adopted the approach that the customer should be the one dictating the conversation to a to a point in in the sense of that we need to understand what they're looking to solve before we can really come in and present a solution. If I were to come to you, Matt, and just start telling you about all these great things that my products can do, but I didn't ask you the question of like what you're looking to solve, then it's just me talking, you know, for the sake of talking. I haven't really established any value with you. But if I change a little, if I change my approach to the point of saying like, I'm looking to understand like what you're looking to be different by inviting the solution into your environment, then we're not really having a sales conversation anymore as much as we are having a, a, an organic conversation between two people who may be able to help each other. You know, Peyton, I, I'm just impressed by, I'm just think, sitting here thinking about how much knowledge you're just sharing. And I, I'm so appreciative of that because I, I do think, you know, at least in the, some of the part of the world feels like, well, hey, aren't these your secrets? You just are giving away. Uh, I, I'm curious, and if you if you can be open with me here about this, um, it would feel like, obviously internally, you can make a video that's like mass distribution, right? One to many. When you're thinking about sending out a video to a client, are you using more genericized videos? So it's like, you know, like either some of it or all of it is kind of the like, I just made this once, I'm gonna use it 30, 50, 100 times whenever it makes sense. Or are you doing some amount of personalization in that video to make it more connective than maybe would happen if you just, again, with the generic, generic being quicker, easier, faster maybe, Personalized obviously takes a little bit more time. Do you have a thoughts about what's what's the right approach? I would say it depends on like what your ultimate goal is. If it's one of those things where you're just trying to gain as much awareness as as fast as possible, using like a generic uh, message and sending it out to the masses, that's going to meet that goal for sure. If you're looking to gain a foothold with a specific customer or a specific customer vertical, that's when the personalization like really comes into play. That's when you're going to be relying on your business intelligent tools to, to learn a little bit more about your prospect rather than uh, using like a canned content and then having like an intro outro that's more specific to the individual. You'd have a a video that's basically designed around their interests or perceived interests based on like what we know about them. And then you would hope for engagement following that. It really just depends on like, what is your desired outcome here? Is it to get a handful of targeted uh, customers uh, into your environment? Is it to engage as many people as fast as possible to drive that awareness or something in between? Video plays a role in both of those um, outcomes for sure, but the style of video is what's going to change based on like what your out desired outcome is going to be. Okay, perfect. So Peyton, I, I imagine we are a unique company, TechSmith. We have tools that make this easy, right? We've got Snagit, we've got Camtasia. If anyone's doing this, we should be doing it. However, there's probably lots of organizations out there, they're, you know, if they're working in sales or thinking about making these connections, that there's hesitations at a, at, at a fundamental business level. It's not even an individual, like we talked about earlier, like I'm nervous about this, but like as a business leader, they might be saying, you know what, this doesn't seem worth it, or maybe it doesn't seem feasible. seems like the investment costs are too high. How, if I'm that business leader and you are coming to work with me and you're telling me to use video, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think this is gonna really work. How would you convince me? Like we're, we're role playing here now. I, I just realized we moved into education <laughs> role play mode. But what, what would you say to me? I mean, briefly at least to get me to think about that like this or how would someone overcome those concerns in their organization? 
So that like right there, that statement, I was like, I don't feel like the ROI is here. My immediate question would be to dive deeper into that and ask the question, what, how did you arrive at that conclusion? What research have you done? Have you done trial and error? Did you have previous experiences in the past that uh, are backing up this uh, position of yours? Or is this more of a gut feeling type of thing? Um, for any number of variables and parameters that can exist inside of any number of individuals' uh, environments. It's really those questions right there to start understanding, like, why do you have the position that you have? And especially if it's in a negative one saying, like, the power of visuals, the power of video is just not something that's going to work for perhaps my organization. I'm glad it worked for your organization, maybe. I just don't think it's going to work for mine. That right there is a statement that's not uncommon, uh, uh, to me anyway. And the best way to engage with that is to, is to start really understanding why that position is so firmly set in this individual's mind. Um, and there's a lot of ways to dismantle that. First and foremost, there's a ton of data out there to support that video communication, visual communication is far superior to just text by itself. Um, and that depends on who you're talking to. If you're talking to someone who is very analytical and conscientious and they make a lot of their decisions based on the data that they have in front of them, that's going to really resonate. With that, with that individual. If they're more on the support side where they feel like, I just want to do something that's not going to rock the boat so much, but it's mm -hmm. going to be best for everyone, there are ways to address this depending on ever the personality and sales type that you're engaging with. But first and foremost, it's to, it's to look to understand why you have that position and then start building a case from that information that you have. Yeah. So I was just sneakily trying to look up a couple of stats here. And there's an older one that's really interesting. I think it's uh, Forbes, right? 57% of decision makers were watching video before making a decision. Uh, mm -hmm. That's not, from 2017. So that might have changed a little bit. But then even like, uh, you know, like just the number of people who are, are consuming video. And I, I'm assuming a lot of that's looking at like YouTube or now TikTok or Instagram. But I imagine when it comes in as a personal video, the, the, the dynamics change a little bit, right? And if someone was willing to watch that video, particularly I'm guessing it's not cold call video is pretty tough, I would imagine. But like, and you've established a relationship, it probably goes a long way in helping someone to see like, yeah, this is somebody I want to work with. I know I love it when uh, the brands and tools I work with, if they communicate with me and they send me a personalized video, I'm like, heck yeah, this is awesome. It helps them stand out dramatically. Yeah. Oh, abs absolutely. Because especially the personalized thing, right? Because then I know they spent some time for me. And that's what I, I you know, I'm not anyone special in that regard that they need to spend a lot of time with me. But when they do that, it's super helpful. It's always clear. I get to see what's being done. So this is awesome. And that's the type of reaction that we're looking for when we take the time to personalize content for mm -hmm. a customer, a prospect, partner, whomever. You're looking to show them that this isn't just a video that I pulled out of the archives and I'm representing it as something special for you. You can actually see that I put the time in it to personalize it to you specifically based on what I know about you. Um, and that's one of those things. It's, it's the equivalent of being one person in a crowd of 10,000 all dressed the exact same. How are you going to stand out? You're going to be the guy that shows up wearing the the floral print on your on your shirt, so <laughs> to speak. You're going to you're going to be that one individual that stands out amongst that crowd of 10,000. And that's what you're looking to accomplish here. And video is a great way of doing that. Reminds me of two companies. One at a trade show, they wear bright orange shirts, so you can't miss them. The other one, they, they adopted a very similar strategy, except for they went with neon green pants. You can't miss them. 
Can't miss them. And like, at the very least, if you're anything like me, you're going to at least be like, what are those guys all about? Those are some very loud pants. I want to go check that out. (laughs) Very loud pants. Uh, And once you know what they're about, you can decide from there. So, well, Peyton, this this has been awesome. I I, I love the way you're thinking about using video in a very different way than we've talked about here on the show. And I think there's lots of opportunities to still explore this, but I think it's time. I think we should dive into our speed round. You ready? Let's do it. All right. For anyone who has not watched the show before, our speed round is meant to be quick answers to questions that are decided by the roll of a dice. So here we go. All right, Peyton, we're going to bring up our dice cam. Now, Peyton knows this because we had some tech issues with the dice cam at the beginning of the show. So you're going to see a little bit of fuzz if you're watching the, uh, the, the YouTube video. It's mostly I couldn't get my camera to work. There is a die in there someplace, maybe. <laughs> or, no, hey, look, I'm... My, let's see if we can turn it back on. Hey, there we go. Look at that. Let's switch back over to video. Okay. It was showing me an old feed, but you ready? Here, let's roll the die. Number first question is, hey, look at that. It's twice now came up seven because it came up in our practice run as well. So Peyton, here we go. Question number seven. If you had to shift careers, you talked about, you know, being in education kind of focus and then finding yourself in sales. But if you had to shift your career out of sales, what in the world would you choose to do? That is a great question. Um, I'm an educator first and foremost, and that's really where my passion is. And I don't see myself going back into the education uh, segment per se, but I do have um, a lot of interest in user experience. And Mm -hmm. that is something I could see myself transitioning into if uh, sales was no longer an option for me. Okay, I, I like that answer. And I'm sure you would be great at it, being able to ask all those questions, look at things, see what people are doing. All right, here we go. Next next die roll. Let's roll this die again. If you're listening to podcasts, things are going wrong left to right. This is an 11. It's underneath the record button, so you can't see it so well. So question 11. Okay, this one's a little harder because it's what's one resource you think everybody should know about? Uh, something out there that you think would help them do what we talked about could be something completely different what resource would you tell us about? If you're going to rely on visuals and you're going to rely on video as a part of your sales communication plan, your sales strategy, having that appropriate software in your um, environment is going to be 100% something you need. Uh, Camtasia, Snagit are obviously the first two that come to mind uh, for me to create good professional visuals and, and video very quickly, which in the sales world, we all know like time is everything. Uh, windows close and open very quickly. So to be able to capitalize on that, you got to have the equipment um, at your disposal to create, to get it over to your prospects so they can consume. Love it. All right. Great answer. One more die roll. Let's see. Hopefully this works without problems. It's bouncing around and it ends up under that record button every single time and you can't see it, but it is a nine. I I believe you. Uh, so Peyton, we talked a lot about sales and image and video. We didn't talk so much about just images in particular, but is there a question you wish I would have asked you? Question I wish you would have asked me, you know, I think it would have been interesting to explore, um, not so much my successes, but maybe like some things that really, um, help me become the person that I am. And I'm a strong believer that you learn maybe more through your failures than you do from your successes. And the reason behind that is like successes doesn't encourage you to change, encourage you to stay the course. Failure, however, makes you take a look back at like why you did what you did, why it didn't work out, and what are you going to change the next time an opportunity like this presents itself? Uh, So to, to explore like how you developed like your own 
persona in the sales world, I, I suppose is the right way to say it. And like how that is affected through your successes to a degree. And I would argue more so through your failures. Well, I think, I think I like that question a lot and Payne, I, we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to ask you in, in the process of sales. And I, I kind of want to lean towards if, when maybe a video didn't work for you or you tried something, it didn't work, but I, just in general, what's, a, what's one of those defining moments that, you know, you don't have to get super personal here or anything, but like mm-hmm. in the sales world, was there an event that you can look back to and say, like, because of that, I became X much better or something like that? Um, yeah, actually, the first thing that pops out in my mind is the first time I tried to use a video signature in my email to help me stand out with prospects and customers. And this was just linked to YouTube uh, to get some general analytics. And I got a lot of feedback from my customer base saying that it was unrelatable. It didn't feel like that was me, the person that they were used to talking to. Um, and then after like watching the video, I 100% understood like what they meant. What I thought was good and what was expected by my customer base can, turned out to be the furthest thing from it. It was high production value. It was a scripted um, exchange that was definitely not reinforcing the way I would normally organically talk with my customer base. And to, to have like that weird ebb and flow where talking to me is like is one version of the self and then the video was a completely different version of the self, just uh, with my existing customers, just really put a weird taste in their mouth. So going back from that, and I can imagine like with the customers I was trying to engage with, it would, maybe it was hitting the ear in the wrong way as well. So taking that feedback to heart um, and what I would consider a, a learning failure for sure, just to understand like what I need to do to, to stand out. And this was like one of like, the first few trials I ever put out there to go back there and to keep trying, change it up a little bit, make it more organic, but not, and not sacrifice the production value necessarily, but just to be like my truest version of myself, um, via video, um, while representing the brand that I'm here to do. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I'm a big fan of authenticity as obviously on this show, we fail, we, we make mistakes, things don't work. We'll keep trying. We'll keep, we'll make it better as, as you did. And I, I, so I love that. I love that point because it is a stepping stone to success and not necessarily, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a part of the downward you're, you're on your way out. So thank you for sharing that. Cause that's a, that's a great question. Peyton, as we wrap up today, uh, obviously people might have questions about sales, about using images and video and sales, where, and can they reach out to you? What should they be looking for to connect with you? Uh, easiest place to find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, just look me up on my first and last name. Um, other than that, uh, you can reach out to TechSmith and I'm happy to engage with anyone. Perfect. Well, as we wrap up the show, we always ask our guests for their final take. So Peyton, what is your final take? My final take would be that in a constantly evolving digital marketplace, the need to stand out and to communicate effectively has never been higher. Um, you're not going to achieve the results that you want by relying on email exclusively or by making cold calls exclusively. You need to update your strategy to come in to the 2020s, which is going to be very heavily reliant on images as well as videos to help you not only stand out from the all the other vendors who are trying to garner the your prospects' attention, but it's going to help you communicate your value much more effectively, and it's going to lead to better, more organic conversations. Awesome. Love it. Peyton, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me.
All right, everybody, you heard Peyton. If you're in the sales area or you're having to do that role because, you know, look, there's a lot of things to learn in a lot of organizations, especially small organizations, you wear a lot of hats. Think about using images and videos to help connect with your customers because that's really what he's saying. Connect with your customers. Connect with those who you want to be your, with your as customers and images and videos can help you do that. And of course, if you need help, learning how to make images and videos. We've got the TechSmith Academy. Haven't talked about that in a while, but go to academy.techsmith.com. It is free. It teaches you about script writing, storyboarding, shooting your videos, lighting your videos, recording the audio. Plus, we got some fantastic tools that someone like a Peyton, he can help you get from TechSmith like Camtasia and Snagit to make that communication even easier to make. So at the end of the day, though, of course, folks, we really, as Peyton said, we want to learn from the things that we're doing, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes as well, but really ultimately take a little bit of time to level up every single day. Thanks everybody, we'll talk to you next time.